What a day, what a crazy day for the Indiana Pacers. Buddy Heald from the Pacers to the 76ers. Draft picks from Philly to Indiana. But then the Spurs are involved. And now Doug McDermott's a Pacer. And now Furkan Korkmaz is, but then he isn't. Corey Joseph's a Pacer, and then he isn't. There's roster spots. James Johnson's involved. We'll take break it down right now on a bonus Locked On Pacers. Let's do it. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody. Happy trade deadline Thursday. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI. And today, you're getting two episodes, this one being the first. This is just going to be me reacting very quickly, explaining what the Pacers did the trade deadline. You'll get another one later tonight, longer, more structure. And then that one, we'll have heard from the Pacers front office. We'll have talked to players. We'll have more understanding. The trades will actually be complete. So everything will make a lot more sense. But I wanted to do me talking. We talked just talked to Rick Carlisle a couple minutes ago. I'm in Gamebridge Fieldhouse in one of the pregame interview rooms. Just going to do like 20 minutes real quick on the trade deadline and get this up as fast as possible. So what the heck happened today? My goodness, did the Pacers do a lot? Their team looks different. Their cap outlook looks different. Their roster is going to look different. It all started and hinges on the first move they made. The very first big move made on this trade deadline day, Buddy Heald traded from the Pacers to the Philadelphia 76ers. If you listened to yesterday's show, well, I did think a Pacers not doing anything was more likely than them doing something. Buddy Heald was my most likely to be traded Pacer, given everything we've heard this entire season. His expiring contract, no extension, the Pacers dynamics changing with him and his role. He's now coming off the bench. You know, all sorts of stuff has suggested that maybe his long-term future with the Pacers uh, is dwindling, even though he clearly is a player that is valued for his production around the league. The Pacers got three second-round picks for him uh, in this trade, although they did get two players that clearly – meant little to them, and we'll explain why in a second. So Buddy healed out. Pacers got for him uh, a 2024 second rounder that's almost certainly going to be the Raptors' second round pick, which as of right now is 36th. It'll be hard for that to get higher than 36th, but 36th to 38 range is what you can expect there. And they got two future second rounders, but we'll t- table those for a second. One's from L.A., one's from the Blazers. Again, we'll get into the whys in just a second. That's the first thing the Pacers did. Buddy Heald's no longer on the team. Work on Korkmaz and Marcus Morris. We're on the team. That lasted for about an hour. Because then the Pacers agreed to a trade with the Spurs, where the Pacers would send Marcus Morris and one of the picks they just got from the Sixers straight on over to San Antonio. And the Spurs would send Doug McDermott, former Pacer, sharpshooter, wing, back to Indiana. McDermott, of course, played for the Pacers for uh, several seasons not that long ago. Uh, is a a mobile shooter, although, you know, certainly lost some mobility at age 34 now, I believe. Uh, 33, excuse me. and is a different player, but still a wonderful shooter uh, this year at 44% from deep. Uh, he's back with the Pacers. I talked to TJ McConnell about him a little ago. You can read that in a story uh, if you want. Um, obviously, again, a talented-ish shooter, but a lot to be desired on the defensive end. Still, he's with the Pacers now. Uh, so the Pacers have now traded Buddy Heald uh, for two second-rounders and Doug McDermott and Furkan Korkmaz. Then, after that, uh, they make a deal with the Golden State Warriors, with the Warriors – uh, sending Corey Joseph and a fake second rounder. What a fake second rounder is, it's top 55 protected, meaning it's actually the Hornets 2025 second rounder, top 55 protected. So if the pick falls 31 through 55, nothing happens. The Pacers get nothing. Uh, if the 
Hornets are one of the best five teams in the league. The Pacers get it next year. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So it's not a real pick. Pacers aren't getting anything, and that obligation is extinguished. What the Pacers did get is a bunch of cash, $5.8 million in cash. Corey Joseph is owed $1.25 million the rest of this season. So the Pacers, in theory, net about $4.6 million in cash. They basically sold their worst second-round pick for cash. They did it now instead of doing it at the draft because they can get a lot more cash now from the Warriors who want to cut their tax bill. That's a boring trade, certainly. I think it's it's very, you know, if you're a fan of a team, it sucks to see them trade an asset for cash, even though at that level of cash, you can understand it, especially if the Pacers are willing to move said cash uh, in the future. Teams are given buckets of selling and acquiring cash in trades. So that's all the trades that happened. Corey Joseph for a second rounder and cash coming along with him. Doug McDermott for Marcus Morris and a second. And Buddy Heald for Furkan Korkmaz, Marcus Morris in three seconds. In the end, that netted the Pacers. Furkan Korkmaz, Doug McDermott, Corey Joseph, two second rounders and some cash in exchange for Buddy Heald, uh, their worst second rounder this year and cash. But wait, we're not even done talking about what the Pacers have done because they acquired three players and sent out one that filled up their team. But then... It was re revealed they're waving Corey Joseph. He's not actually going to be playing for the Pacers. He's not going to be an emergency guard. He'll just go right to free agency. There's no buyout to be had with him. He's on a minimum deal. Uh, so he will just be off the team. Pacers open a roster spot. I'm recording this before Pacers Warriors, so I don't know what's going to happen. They're hoping that all this transactional stuff can be completed in time for them to re-sign James Johnson prior to the game that's about to happen. If the game's already happened. I mean, I don't think he's going to play, but uh, the, the hope for the Pacers is they will have James Johnson back on their team on a rest of season contract. Now his 10 day expired yesterday. Uh, so he would miss no days on the team, no days of service. His minimum would last the rest of the season. And then the one that actually surprised me, this one just kind of happened. I just got this confirmed. Uh, they're waving for Con Korkmaz as well. So the two players that are actually coming from Philly to the Pacers are not actually joining the Pacers. So the net day for the Pacers is Buddy healed out. Good second rounder in the door, 2029 Trailblazer second rounder in the door, and a bunch of cash in the door, and their worst second rounder out for this upcoming draft. So they upgraded their second round. They got some draft capital. They lose Buddy Heald. What does this all mean? That's a great question. How does Doug McDermott fit? What is going on with this team? And oh, by the way, they still have a roster spot. So where do the Pacers stand right now? Well, I would like to start with they're the basketball team, the Pacers as a basketball team. Look, Buddy Heald is not on the Pacers anymore. They, in the last two days, we've heard Tyrese Halberton, the guy for the Pacers, and TJ McConnell, the reserve guy who's been playing with Heald more recently because Heald's coming off the bench, gush about Buddy Heald's impact as a movement player, uh, someone with gravity, his improved passing, right? Even if you are super, super low on Buddy Heald, which I know a lot of fans are, and my take on him all year is that one, even with his obviously lower percentages, he's playing worse because he's making less threes. Something about the way he shoots and his track record makes me believe he'll make the next one too. I thought he went from a fifth percentile defender to like 15th. So still pretty dang bad, but better, right? So that to me is like a moderately positive value player, but not by much, right? And so the, the theory, and Mark Stein reported this last year, uh, right around when Buddy Heald extension talks in late September were kind of the hot reporting topic that executives didn't think Buddy Heald could fetch a first. So my thinking was the Pacers could get a late first for Buddy Heald if they took back awful salary in the trade. And they did not take back any awful salary in this trade. Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and Doug McDermott, everybody involved, all also on expiring contracts, which is relevant for the Pacers. They have no turned no long-term money onto their team from this trade. 
So if they're not taking back bad money, they're not going to get a first-round pick for Buddy Heald. They got a very good second-round pick for Buddy Heald and a future second-rounder that, who knows, it's the Blazers. They could have a bright future. It's five years away, right? Like, it's impossible to say what that could be. Uh, and so, the, like, just if, if you view Buddy Heald as he fetched positive value, so he's a positive player, then they got worse. If you view it as, well, now they can – play more Ben Shepard or play more Ben Matherin or maybe even play Doug McDermott. And that will fill up enough of that, that they won't be worse. And they got positive value Then I could maybe hear. Right. So maybe trading him away individually makes the Pacers a little worse, but in the aggregate, everything they may be able to do as a result could make them tread water. I'm of the opinion that they might've got a little worse, but we'll see. Maybe McDermott's a wonderful fit. Maybe Ben Matherin stepping into a bigger role is a huge deal. Maybe Ben Shepard playing. I'm assuming he'll play tonight. will matter a lot there. Uh, and maybe this pick will be huge for them. They now have a good enough pick in the 2024 draft to keep supplying their young person pipeline, which is important after trading their two first. So interesting trade. And I think the Pacers will be slightly worse, especially in the offensive end. Their bench shooting is going to be very reliant on Doug McDermott being a shooter, which he has been this season. Uh, but that bench group is going to be very reliant on him to make threes. And their team structure might change a little bit, although McDermott has played with McConnell, has played with Turner, has played for Rick Carlisle. Seems like he'll fit in snugly right away uh, on this team, but th they'll have to get him up to speed quite literally. He's been playing in a slow system. I've watched a decent amount of Doug McDermott this year, just keeping up with Wemby, and uh, it's been fascinating to see uh, what his lim limitations are now. He's not as springy off the ball, but he's a decent passer, and he can really shoot it. Anyway, that is the subtractions. What are the additions? What are the draft picks? What else happened for the Pacers today, and what else can they still do to build their team? And we'll do a whole show on that in the future, but there's still more to talk about. Before we do any of that, though, we are going to talk about the lovely folks over at FanDuel. The big game, the Super Bowl's coming up. Happy Super Bowl weekend to everybody who celebrates from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and watching your friends place some super bets. You got the food, the game, the commercials. It's an absolute blast. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players are going to score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook of the NFL. And we are back here on Lockdown Pacers. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus trade deadline recap extravaganza. I suppose more could happen today. I don't anticipate it happening today, uh, but this is where the Pacers stand. Out goes Buddy Heald. In comes Doug McDermott. Some other players waived. Some draft picks acquired. That is the net day for the Pacers. I think it is significant that they got this good second in the upcoming draft. I mean, just looking back at the, the recent history, of the Pacers with a good second rounder. 31st pick in 2022, got them Andrew Nemhart. <laughs> great, great move there. Uh, a couple years before that, 20, I can't remember what draft this was. Actually, it's the same. The, the following draft, they traded two late seconds and two other seconds to get pick 31. Then they flipped that pick with Aaron Holiday to get Isaiah Jackson. So, like, could they package pick 36 and one of their young guys to get into the first round? Could they package pick 36 with a lot of their future seconds to get into the back of the first round? That's how the Cavs got the Kevin Porter Jr. pick a few years ago. You just have a lot of options when you have a pick in the low to mid-30s, right? And for a Pacers team that just traded three future firsts, keeping some stuff in your young guy pipeline 
a chance that that becomes more valuable or an important piece of your team is important. Right? I think that is a good thing the Pacers did today, even though I'm of the opinion that I think their team is going to be slightly worse unless either Matherin fits in extremely well and whatever they change with their second unit or McDermott is a snug fit right away. I thought Korkmaz could stick, perhaps, um, but I, I suppose if he comes here and they see no role for him, right? I wouldn't play him over McDermott. I wouldn't play him over Ben Shepard. Uh, then waving him makes sense. He could join another team now. Maybe he can have a role uh, somewhere else in the NBA. Corey Joseph didn't really make sense at all either. Uh, wouldn't play a point guard. I suppose they could use an emergency point guard, but Ben Shepard can, I guess, do that a little bit now. That might be something to look at addressing now. So I have Isaiah Wong on a two-way. So all the stuff individually makes sense. It'll just be interesting to see what it means for their quality of play now. Right, their draft capital is better, even though it's more to talk about. <laughs> um, their team is of similar quality, but maybe a little bit worse. And now they have extra picks. And the other thing they're they're trying to do, I said, James Johnson will be retained. So they're at 14 players still, right? Only out Buddy Healed, only in Doug McDermott. That means you still have an open roster spot. That'll be interesting for the Pacers because maybe they can fill it with somebody who helps them a little bit this year. This is a little reminiscent to me, just a little bit, of 2017-18 season. Uh, when they didn't do anything at the trade deadline that year, uh, all the players clamored to the front office, hey, we like this group, let's stick this group together. The only addition the Pacers made that season, they added one guy, and it was via a buyout, they got Trevor Booker. They could offer him playing time on a good team that was headed for the postseason. And Trevor Booker wasn't, like, awesome for the Pacers, but he was in their rotation and playing every game. So let's say for these next couple weeks, McDermott doesn't work out very well, or they can't replace field shooting as much as they hope they could, or their quality of play is just generally worse. And maybe they're better, and it doesn't matter at all. Maybe not having healed will up their defensive level so much, this is totally a possibility, that they're just, they keep rolling. No problems, right? That is totally a possibility to me. Let's say any of those things happen. Maybe they don't feel like they need to address their roster spot right away. They could just do 10 days for a while. Uh, but the buyout market could be a thing. Uh, there are some teams that are limited on the buyout market because of the new aprons and they have their full room exception, which is given to teams that have cap space during a season. And that could be a tool to basically pay buyout guys more than any other team could, or most other teams could. So if someone becomes available at a position, the Pacers like who could be a buyout candidate, they are in a very good position to now strike with their open roster spot with the trade deadline passed. So predictions, you could see some 10 days, maybe some G league call-ups. You see that from the Pacers almost every year. And then they strike and get that guys. They kind of figure out what they've got. Uh, from their new look team, or maybe they just get that right away. Who knows? You know, Daniel House was waived by the Pistons. Uh, like he could be a decent fit in theory, just to name one guy of the many moves that could end up happening. Joe Harris got waived by the Pistons. He's probably worse than McDermott now, but you'd you get the idea. There will be available players. It's just what happens between the trade deadline and the end of the month. But I think the Pacers should first figure out what they need and what their team actually looks like after all of these moves. Uh, but James Johnson will be, or at least the hope is that they'll be, be able to retain him. I've gotten a couple of questions about the following things, so I will rush through these. Uh, the cash could be used for, in theory, anything within basketball operations uh, that they have. It, it can be used for – it's so ambiguous that it's, like, impossible to explain. They just have the money now. Uh, people asked about their cap space next season, right? The, the interesting thing about this, and this is maybe the big ripple effect I want to get into in a future episode – Buddy Heald is an expiring contract. So is Doug McDermott, right? So they did not address something I talked about, which is keeping that salary slot for next season. Maybe they can re-sign Doug McDermott. Maybe they can sign and trade Doug McDermott. Maybe it could be a number of things, right? Maz, they would have had bird rights on him to potentially do some of that stuff too. Um, but in terms of cap for this year, they took on a little bit of money. 
but they got cash, so that doesn't really matter. Uh, but they did take on a little more money this season, but they got the picks, right? They got draft picks, so they're not necessarily concerned uh, about that. And then next year, no change. They're still going to be an over-the-cap team. They did not shed any money in future seasons, so they're still limited to re-signing their own guys. But if they're willing to lose Doug McDermott and they're happy with their second-rounders, they could have the full non-tax mid-level next summer, and that's a significant tool to add a player, right? That's like a 12 to $13 million player. They could add to their team at a position of need. That might be the valuable flexibility they've added. They now have less tax concerns because Doug McDermott will not be fetching the money Buddy Heald could fetch next summer. Um, so that is something they sort of addressed by getting a worse player, um, but a cheaper player nonetheless. So if they, uh, this will be interesting. Like, Do the Pacers view Doug McDermott as similar in quality to Buddy Heald? Can they find that value somewhere else? Does it even matter? Are they so good offensively that losing Heald actually gives them a boost via subtraction because he's not playing on the defensive end for them anymore? I don't know. The Pacers seem to think, and I think they're right, but a lot of people don't, that Buddy Heald and his gravity and his value is very important to this team. Uh, and we'll see uh, how much they're proven right and what it all looks like going forward. So that is what the Pacers did and some quick reactions for me on the Pacers trade deadline that just happened in short again. out. Buddy Heald in Doug McDermott. Good second rounder in 2024. TBD second rounder in 2029. Uh, and they also lose their worst second rounder in the upcoming draft. They still have three, though. So tons to discuss. They're about to play in 30 minutes uh, against the Warriors. I'll put this up during that game, most likely. Uh, I don't know. I had such an, a crazy day. If you want, like, mini short breakdowns or explanations of anything that happened, my Twitter feed has all this broken down in some various ways at Tony R. East. Uh, and then later tonight, we're supposed to hear from general manager Chad Buchanan. So we'll get thoughts from him on the Siakam trade, the Heald trade, all these trades, all these moves, the Pacers' current situation and direction and what they can do going forward. You know, everybody can be permitted to talk about these trades once they become official. They still have not as of me talking. So we'll get a lot more detail as all of that happens. But I know a lot of people wanted to hear a podcast on this stuff, uh, what the Pacers did. The trade deadline is very interesting to fans. So I wanted to get something up for you guys. I'm also sitting on the floor. My feet are asleep, so it's time for me to go up to my media seat and watch Pacers Warriors. Plenty more to come. Pacers are reshaping things. They've got new assets. They have a different team. I think a lot of people will be thinking that they'll be better without Buddy Heald, and we will see. I I admit that this is a situation where I could definitely be wrong, uh, but I will, I'll be fascinated to see how this shakes out for the Pacers and what their new-look team looks like, and the assets might have made it worth it. Again, we will see. A lot of this could be determined in June ahead of the draft. Thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed the deadline. Hope you learned something and hope you're happy with the moves. Although some of these very small, confusing, but yet important for flexibility trades. We'll have plenty more to come on the Pacers and the trade deadline. Stick with us. Tell then everybody. See you soon. I'm leaving. You're good.